Greetings, Detective. Welcome to the Murder Mystery Company and our new free service, Calm Mystery. We know that many of you need that calm and centered moment, but meditation isn't necessarily your thing. If you're a mystery lover, a crime fan, and could use a break, you've come to the right place. It sure is a suspenseful world out there, but I have good news for you. In this world, the only suspense will come from the world's best writers. For the next few minutes, we're going to close the door on the outside world. First, find a comfortable chair, sofa, or bed. Take a moment to just relax into that spot. Let your body sink in, slowly releasing the day's tension. Just relax. You've earned this time. You need this time for you. Your body will thank you. Now let's take a moment to clear your mind. I want you to focus on two things. My voice and your breathing. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Let it out slowly through your mouth. Now the same thing, but let's breathe on my count. Three counts in and four counts out. Breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. As we do this, you're going to slowly relax more and be perfectly ready for tonight's dastardly tale. Now again, breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. One more time, breathing out the last bit of stress. Breathe in, one, two, three. Now out, one, two, three, four. Excellent. Tonight's tale of mystery, intrigue, and murder is truly spine-tingling. Calm Mystery the Brazilian Cat by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle Read by Perry F. Bruns Mr. Everard King, my unknown cousin, was standing in person upon the steps of his house, for he had seen us in the distance and guessed that it was I. His appearance was very homely and benevolent, short and stout, forty-five years old perhaps, with a round, good-humoured face burned brown with the tropical sun and shot with a thousand wrinkles. He wore white linen clothes in true planter style, with a cigar between his lips and a large Panama hat upon the back of his head. It was such a figure as one associates with a verandered bungalow, and it looked curiously out of place in front of this broad stone English mansion, with its solid wings and its palladio pillars before the doorway. "'My dear!' he cried, glancing over his shoulder. "'My dear, here is our guest!' 
Welcome, welcome to Greylands. I am delighted to make your acquaintance, Cousin Marshall, and I take it as a great compliment that you should honor this sleepy little country place with your presence. Nothing could be more hearty than his manner, and he set me at my ease in an instant. But it needed all his cordiality to atone for the frigidity and even rudeness of his wife, a tall, haggard woman who came forward at his summons. She was, I believe, of Brazilian extraction, though she spoke excellent English, and I excused her manners on the score of her ignorance of our customs. She did not attempt to conceal, however, either then or afterwards, that I was no very welcome visitor at Greyland's court. Her actual words were, as a rule, courteous, but she was the possessor of a pair of particularly expressive dark eyes, and I read in them very clearly from the first that she heartily wished me back in London once more. However, my debts were too pressing, and my designs upon my wealthy relative were too vital for me to allow them to be upset by the ill temper of his wife. So I disregarded her coldness and reciprocated the extreme cordiality of his welcome. No pains had been spared by him to make me comfortable. My room was a charming one. He implored me to tell him anything which could add to my happiness. It was on the tip of my tongue to inform him that a blank check would materially help towards that end, but I felt that it might be premature in the present state of our acquaintance. The dinner was excellent, and as we sat together afterwards over his Havanas and coffee, which later he told me was specially prepared upon his own plantation, it seemed to me that all my driver's eulogies were justified, and that I had never met a more large-hearted and hospitable man. But, in spite of this cheery good nature, he was a man with a strong will and a fiery temper of his own. Of this I had an example upon the following morning. The curious aversion to which Mrs. Everard King had conceived towards me was so strong that her manner at breakfast was almost offensive, but her meaning became unmistakable when her husband had quitted the room. "'The best train in the day is at twelve-fifteen, said she. "'But I was not thinking of going today,' I answered, frankly, perhaps even defiantly, for I was determined not to be driven out by this woman. "'Oh, if it rests with you,' said she, and stopped with a most insolent expression in her eyes. "'I am sure,' I answered, "'that Mr. Everard King would tell me if I were outstaying my welcome.' "'What's this? What's this?' said a voice, and there he was in the room. He had overheard my last words, and a glance at our faces had told him the rest. In an instant his chubby, cheery face set into an expression of absolute ferocity. "'Might I trouble you to walk outside, Marshal?' said he. "'I may mention that my own name is Marshal King.' He closed the door behind me, and then, for an instant, I heard him talking in a low voice of concentrated passion to his wife. This gross breach of hospitality had evidently hit upon his tenderest point. "'I am no eavesdropper,' so I walked out onto the lawn. Presently I heard a hurried step behind me, and there was the lady, her face pale with excitement and her eyes red with tears. "'My husband has asked me to apologize to you, Mr. Marshal King,' 
said she, standing with downcast eyes before me. Please do not say another word, Mrs. King. Her dark eyes suddenly blazed out at me. You fool! she hissed with frantic vehemence, and turning on her heel, swept back to the house. The insult was so outrageous, so insufferable, that I could only stand staring after her in bewilderment. I was still there when my host joined me. He was his cheery, chubby self once more. "'I hope that my wife has apologized for her foolish remarks,' said he. "'Oh, yes, yes, certainly.' He put his hand through my arm and walked with me up and down the lawn. "'You must not take it seriously,' said he. "'It would grieve me inexpressibly if you curtailed your visit by one hour. The fact is, there is no reason why there should be any concealment between relatives. But my poor dear wife is incredibly jealous. She hates that anyone, male or female, should for an instant come between us.' Her ideal is a desert island and an eternal tete-a-tete. That gives you the clue to her actions, which are, I confess, upon this particular point, not very far removed from mania. Tell me that you will think no more of it. No, no, certainly not. Then light this cigar and come round with me and see my little menagerie. Thank you, detectives, for listening to tonight's Calm Mystery by the Murder Mystery Company. I'm Perry F. Bruns. Would you like to show somebody you care? Is there a mystery fan in your life? Couldn't they use a quiet moment and a great story? I'm doing personal stories of 20 minutes or less. Something personal like this can make a friend or family member feel truly loved in an otherwise dark time. They're only $49, and you can email me at calmmystery, that's C-A-L-M mystery, at gmail.com. In the meantime, stay tuned for more tales to tingle and terrify while giving you a needed break from the outside world.